Old Mother Hubbard went to the cupboard to fetch a Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. A real live Medicare podcast by Cracky. And now, joking and smoking, it's Medicare expert Doug Jones. Oh boy, oh boy, it's time for another thrill-packed, exciting episode of Medicare for the Lazy Man. Thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for enjoying the contribution that my Canadian nephew, Drew McMillan, just provided for you. The opening of this uh, particular episode is, is Drew's handiwork, and I couldn't be happier to have him on the staff. Admittedly, uh, a long-distance uh, part of the staff, he's not uh, here with us. He's uh, phoning it in, as we would say, but he is always uh, welcome to uh, join us. If he ever has the intention of doing that, we would welcome him with open arms. But he has a family and he has a job. Drew's a CPA in Canada. He's got a little baby named Nora and a beautiful wife named Magda. And so he has got his hands full. And I, I'm not surprised that he just phones in his contribution to the La Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. But anyway, thank you very much for joining us. We're very, very happy to have you with us again. What we do here is we discuss, to some extent, Medicare and some of the things that people approaching Medicare should be thinking about and some things that they should avoid doing and some things that they'll find that they may not know about ahead of time and on and on and on. It's a fairly broad subject and it really appeals most to those people who have not yet had an encounter with Medicare, but they're anticipating one and they may have some trepidation. And my goal is to make everybody feel comfortable with the approach of Medicare so that their anxiety is relieved, their trepidation is eliminated, and eventually they'll find that for most people, Medicare is a fairly cost-effective protection for health insurance, uh, health um, for medical expenses, that uh, people, many of them will find that they're better off on Medicare. So let's hope that it stays forever thus. So how do I transmit this knowledge? Well, a lot of yakking goes on here, but then we goof around as other subjects uh, cross our minds. But the way that you can definitely delve into the 100% Medicare content that we often share on this show is to go to amazon.com and put in the search window, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. And there you will find the book that I wrote most recently, and it's uh, waiting for you. They have one with your name on it on the shelf. And if you were to tell Amazon to send you the paperback book, that's going to cost you about $8. If you were to tell them to send you the ebook. They'll send that right to your reading device, and that's going to cost you about $3.80. And if you want to make a gift to a relative or friend that may be approaching Medicare, you have a magnificently beautifully designed hardcover book that they can keep forever. And you will always be remembered as the person who had so much love and respect for them that you gave them a $22 item to help them pass through the Medicare morass. 
So go to Amazon.com or go to Barnes and Noble and put in Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023 in the search window, and you'll find the newest edition of my book. I think that's going to help you a lot, but I also stand ready to explain anything that may not be clear and to help you do the insurance paperwork that will be required for complete coverage under Medicare. So it's going to be the kind of thing that you will eventually look back and say, oh boy, I'm sure glad I had Doug help me out because it made the process easy, quick, painless, and um, I don't ever have to think about it again. That's the goal that we have here anyway. Times like this, times like this call for drastic measures. It's a sunny day in Arizona. It may hit 70 here for the first time in a couple of weeks. And so the drastic measure I'm going to call for is to ask Randy, my podcast engineer, to join us in the podcast. Randy. Randy, how are you? I'm good. Wow, you caught me up. You caught me by surprise there. I was, I was taking a little nap. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. I, you had your glasses on with the eyeballs, the bloodshot eyeballs. I, know. I, uh, I, I painted some eyeballs on these things just for the purposes of making people think I was actually awake and functional. You'd think that I would catch on after the first 10 times I've seen them, but no, they continue to fool me. <laughs> well, how are you doing today, Doug? You look bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I am bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I am uh, preparing for a very, very busy day. I have phone messages to return. I've got uh, a a field trip I have to go on with a neighbor to take his hot rod down to be sold in Mesa, Arizona. And uh, it's just going to be a busy, busy day. So I thought if we just launched right into it so that the audience <laughs> can get their share of Medicare content before they fall asleep, then maybe that's what I should do. What do you think? Well, that's a good idea, but I do have one question for you. Ask away. Did you bring your quarter for the field trip? Do I need a quarter for the field trip? Oh, oh, every, uh, is that all the children? Quarter, every field, every field trip I ever went on, you had to take a quarter. I don't know why, because we never got anything for it. But every every field trip that my teachers uh, took us on, we were, we had to get a quarter, and I I suspect it was just for lunch for them. I don't, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. could it, I suppose I or maybe uh, for a, a long distance payphone call back home. Mom, come get me. I don't know where yeah. I am, but help me out here. I need away from these thirty two animals. Well, we well, need yeah. to go ahead. Uh, I'm I'm going to act of act my role as the nominal producer here. So let's go ahead and move on into some Medicare information. Uh, I do have some questions if we have time at the end, but if we don't, I'll I will I will I will put all of my time out into the Medicare world. Well, I'm going to make time, but uh, I always like hearing your questions, and sometimes they stump me. But um, I it just occurred to me that when I woke up this morning, I had a traumatic experience that I was going to share with you, and I completely forgot about it the last episode we, we recorded. I thought the house was on fire. I woke up, and of course, uh, Mary got up no much earlier than kidding. me. No kidding? What, what I, happened? Well, what happened was that she was cooking some leftover bacon that she didn't want to throw away. And it was the most horrible smell I've smelled in decades. And I want to take this opportunity again to complain about the health freaks that have destroyed what used to be the best tasting food in America, which was bacon, crispy bacon, bacon, 
it sucks now. I never want to see another piece of bacon. The only thing that I don't mind is what you told me to get, which is this microwave bacon that comes prepackaged in a microwave yeah. container. So we have that. And what I will say about that is it's better than any bacon I've had on, over the last few years because it's not making me sick. It's not objectionable. But it's not the tasty stuff that I used to enjoy when I was younger, uh, even as no. an adult. And and you can't cook eggs and whatever bacon grease is left over. She said she tried to cook an egg and the grease left over from this Oscar Mayer bacon, and it, the egg would not behave properly. I will bring. I will set you on the path to appropriate bacon grease. You you know I didn't I tell you you can actually order a tub of bacon grease from Amazon. I just want to know why is it that I can't make my own bacon grease by cooking bacon that tastes fantastic? Why well, is because that? Because Amazon has the corner on pig fat. Well, god damn it. Why don't pigs have the corner on pig fat? This <laughs> because is... they don't have any. <laughs> well, I don't think skinny hogs is anything that we would have aspired to. And I want to know. I think I'm I'm tempted now. I'm my ho- new house in Illinois is working. That guy's working with his crew and they're slowly creeping towards the finish line. I'm thinking about building a fence in the backyard. I've got four acres and and buying a couple of pigs and then just feeding them all kinds of garbage in order to make bacon that tastes good so if i you, don't really know yeah, how to raise a hog yep yep absolutely well it's all because the farm well okay some of it's genetics but the way back oh i'd say probably 10 years ago the the market shifted towards nobody wanted any fat hogs anymore they want you know like they wanted hogs that have been jogging across the prairie oh i hate that if i ever see a hog jogging i'm gonna drop it in its tracks well anyway (laughs) i just thought i'd share my disgust with you that stunk up the whole house it smells terrible bacon frying used to smell wonderful these kids today these kids today don't know what they're missing no they they are really missing out on, and I think the eggs are starting to follow the bacon because Mary said she's having trouble finding decent eggs lately. So we may have. Well, they're moved- only about four. They're about fourteen bucks a dozen now. So you know, if you yeah. find any, I she- did you see that post? I found a dozen farm fresh eggs. A guy really truly offered to trade me a two thousand and fifteen Jeep for him. Oh my God! Well, you know, all I think Mary says all she's found is like robin eggs. Little, little, you know, uh, like they look like small pearls in the bottom of that egg carton. And and those are called and those are called large. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Talk about truth in advertising. Okay, so anyway, we decided to be responsible today. And I wanted to um, start out by uh, sharing a piece of correspondence. I I have a, a client in New York and she became my client last fall. And it was uh, a wonderful thing because in New York, they've got a very weird insurance regulatory environment that causes all kinds of unusual permutations in health insurance, particularly also life insurance. Most companies that operate in all 50 states have a special subsidiary company that only operates in New York. And that's because New York is just a, a weird environment overly regulated and uh, strange, strange rules. So let me tell you this. If you live in New York 
and you get a Medicare supplement that has uh, the regular, let's say, Plan G, which is what most people uh, approach Medicare with, the idea of getting a Plan G. It used to be Plan F. And then uh, the youngsters of today that were born in 1955 or later uh, are not able to get Plan F. So if you're going to buy Plan G, you're going to find that it is a little on the pricey side, and you're going to find that getting the high deductible, or as Randy has called it, the high value plan G, which is so much less expensive, you're going to find that it would be foolish of you not to get that plan. Now, this is mostly in New York where this uh, it, it's because they force insurance companies to accept people without medical underwriting, and they can change plans anytime they want to. So they can go from the cheap plan to the expensive plan if they're going to have surgery. And then once they've recovered, they can go back to the cheap plan again. No restrictions, no medical underwriting. And so I have this client. And so the two things that have come to uh, meet in this episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast are the uh the New York laws that cause the insurance companies to price their products oddly and the trepidation of this woman who keeps wondering whether she made the right move by getting high deductible plan G. And as I assured her that she would. So she asked me to explain it to her again, and it's been like four months and I've done this a couple of times, but let me read my response to her. Her name is Patty. And I said, Patty, uh, well, she asked me, she said, thank you, Doug, for getting back to me so quickly and for your time explaining. Oh, that's what she wrote. Her original question that I got yesterday was, um, I would still like to understand better how the high deductible plan G is better. After meeting my Medicare deductible, they pay 80%. Now, the subsidiary of the company I use in New York is Globe Life. So they, or Globe Life, do not cover dental, vision, or hearing. She's fallen victim to those stupid television commercials where washed-up celebrities are telling you to get what you deserve, get all kinds of free stuff with your Medicare plan. Just call this number to get what you deserve. So she said, um, nobody pays for dental vision or hearing i will be paying for those entirely out of pocket it seems more expensive than a medicare advantage plan would be that covers a portion of those services plus some drugs i pay a 60 dollars premium monthly for the high deductible plan g because i had ankle surgery in october i came close to meeting the 2490 dollars deductible so medicare already covers hospital blood x-ray etc so does the Medicare supplement policy. So what am I getting from the Medicare supplement policy insurance company for $60 a month? And (laughs) she's skeptical and confused. And so I explained to her, uh, Patty, I have several thoughts about your question, and I want to go through them as briefly as possible. Number one, I do not believe there is a Medicare Advantage plan that will make you completely happy. Medicare Advantage plans are often very cheap, maybe free, while you are healthy and do not need their benefits. If you need serious medical services, many of them will surprise you with the cost-sharing and restricted access to their own list of doctors and hospitals. In addition, 
They include other elements like dental, vision. Uh, they are not likely to uh, have the generous benefits that your husband's employer plan has provided for you all these years. Medicare Advantage plans have very high out-of-pocket yearly limits, but they are unlikely to tell you about these things unless you have a list of questions prepared ahead of time. I believe that you will not be able to find a Medicare Advantage plan that will meet your standards in all of the areas that you consider important. Point number two, since I recommend that my clients will ultimately be happier with the Medicare supplement plans offering predictable costs and complete freedom of choice, my next goal is to bring them excellent Medicare supplement protection at the best possible cost. Doing that leaves you with big savings that you can use to purchase dental, vision, and other extras that will probably perform much better than the package you would be forced to accept if you bought a Medicare Advantage plan that included everything you want. What are these big savings, you might ask? Well, read on. So then number three, I said, you are in the age group that is qualified to purchase Plan F, the richest and most comprehensive Medicare supplement ever available. For you, Plan F would have cost $312 per month or $3,744 per year and would cover your Medicare-approved expenses at 100%. You would have had no cost-sharing to pay for your ankle fusion, uh, but again, again, you would have had to pay $3,744 per year, every year, whether you need serious treatment or not. And point number four, in most places, Medicare participants find Plan G to be much more reasonably priced than Plan F. But New York allows you to change plans at will. That drives up the monthly cost in spite of the $233 annual Part B deductible that you must pay if you have Plan G. So if you had Plan G for a year, your monthly premium of $290 would have added up to $3,480 for the year. Over a 12-month period, you would have saved $264 from what Plan F would have cost, but you would have had to pay the $233 deductible if you had medical expenses. That is about $31 short of a break-even choice. Point number five, I sold you the G-plus plan called High Deductible Plan G in the rest of the country at $60 per month or $720 per year. It had a $2,490 deductible last year. I'm sorry that you had to have bone fusion surgery, but in the course of a full year, you would have saved $3,024 over Plan F or $2,760 over Plan G. In both cases, you would have saved more in premium cost than the deductible amount would have cost. That is a clear winner especially in future years when you may not have high medical expenses. In those years, the savings will be even higher. And point number six, in summary, I have taken advantage of the usual situation New York has caused their local insurance companies to allow you to keep more money in your pocket and to choose if or how you want to spend it. Does this make things a little more clear? If not, maybe we should think about another course of action that may make sense to you, and that would be a health insurance plan that is completely free of charge 
giving you even more extra money to use for drugs, dental, and vision, etc. And the plan I had in mind there is the Medicare MSA plan. I have an idea that she would have trouble swallowing the uh, deductible in an MSA plan, which uh, could be two or $3,000. But since the plan is free and it's technically a Medicare Advantage plan, she might exactly, uh, uh, or she might kind of think that that is a good choice for her. I don't know for sure what her, you know, we may never get to that discussion, uh, but I would like to think that my explanation there is going to help her feel more comfortable with what she bought because my goal is to have everybody feel comfortable that they're getting the best possible coverage, and especially when I help them out. So now I am looking for something shorter to read because Randy said he had questions, and I maybe we should just go to Randy's questions. Uh, if they're uh, in the right categories, then I think uh, there'll be a teachable moment. So Randy, why don't you trot your questions out? Let's see uh, what you got. These are important questions, Doug. All righty. <laughs> And you know when I'm that didn't that didn't sound as sincere as I had hoped. <laughs> you know when I'm zeroing in on stump the insurance expert. Ooh, oh boy, I was hoping not to hear that word. Ouch. Where ouch. where I'm headed. You know, I, I you know me, I, I worry about a lot of things. I wonder about a lot of things, such as why do bubbles go down in a glass of Guinness instead of up? Oh. You know, it's 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 things like that. But I, I've got a couple other things I was going to ask you, just if, just in case you have any uh, idea that uh, this was bothering you at night. Okay. So I'm going to ask you two questions, and they're all related to the light generated by the sun. Oh, that beautiful yellow thing up in the sky. Absolutely. So how long does it take light to reach the earth from the sun it takes it's 97 million miles away on the average i think it takes seven minutes i'm gonna you know i'm gonna give you that one it's actually oh. eight. Oh darn it well maybe it's closer right now maybe i got that seven it minutes could be. it could be because we we now, are actually closer to the sun during winter time than we are in yep. the summertime yep absolutely now here's another question related to the light that the sun generates now, I have to do a little bit of lead up to this question. Okay. The light from the sun is generated by nuclear fusion at the core of the sun. Right. Okay. Right. So let's say that a particular photon of light was generated in the center of the sun, which they all are. How long does it take that photon of light to reach not the earth, but to reach the surface of the sun so that it is ready to travel to the earth? Oh, boy. So the fusion is occurring way down beneath the surface of the sun. Yeah, at the core. And, and you're asking that uh, how long it takes a photon to get from the core to the crust of the sun. Yes. Okay. I don't on, know. How in the hell would you expect me to know that? Average. What, do you, what do you think? I'm some kind of damn scientist, genius or something, for Christ's sake? On average. Okay, I, I'm going to... I'm going to let you have this one because nobody in the world, nobody in the world knows this kind of stuff except people like me that stay awake nights reading it. Oh, anyway, boy. it takes on average that photon from the center of the sun to reach the surface 20,000 years. You're kidding me. Wow. Now, I still want to know who came up with the way to measure that. 
because it was either a genius who figured this out or else it's guesswork. <laughs> and if it's guesswork, I'm going to be disappointed. Well, there's a lot of statistical analysis to it, but the reason it takes so long uh-huh. is it's not a, it's not a straight path. When a, when a when a photon gets generated at the core, it's photons like to go straight. Okay, yep. but yep. as as they're coming up, they're hitting things like a you know like a little pinball machine. Okay, before they can actually get to the surface. So actually, on statistically speaking. It takes 20,000 years for that poor little photon to get to the surface and then eight more minutes to get to you. So maybe sometimes it's a little faster and sometimes it's a Could little be. slower, yeah. depending on what yeah. they hit. Wow. Well, uh, that's fascinating, Randy. <laughs> I, <laughs> I still want to find the the uh, weirdo that decided that they were going to figure out how that happens because I can't tell you. You know, it's just like when they, they measure um things on distant planets and they say well you know this uh the uh, weight of the atmosphere on jupiter would crush a mere mortal if he were on standing on the surface of jupiter i believe that there's a lot of guesswork that goes into this stuff i'm not sure i trust their measuring tools and their uh you know approximations well you know it's it's funny you say that because it actually is a lot of approximations i mean nobody's been there but in some cases, we've actually had landers, you know, actually be able to measure some of that stuff. But ultimately, a lot of it is just not guesswork, but it's statistical analysis and a variety of other uh, inferences that they can make from other things. But long story short is we are out of time. Once yeah. again, we are limited to 75 cents. So that, we have that put- was the inference. That was the inference I got from. <laughs> <laughs> We are out of our 75 cents for the podcasting time. So we need to thank the audience. Thank you so much for joining us. We always appreciate you stopping by to spend a little bit of time with Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast because you could have been a lot of other places and you weren't. You stopped by to say hi to us and we certainly appreciate it. You have just spent, as you might imagine, 32 and a half minutes with Doug. But before I let you go... Don't forget, we would like you to go find someplace to give us a rating, and it would be so awesome if it was five stars. But if it, if you don't have time, don't do it. But if you do, we'd certainly appreciate it. But you have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma, now living in the high altitudes behind Cave Creek, Arizona, in his Fortress of Solitude. Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks for joining us.